Hi, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to the Travel Talk podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and our team wanted to share one of our favorite episodes from the archives with you all. I hope you enjoy. Bonjour, mes amis. Welcome to the Travel Talk podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and this is a special episode today. I'm interviewing my sister, Amy, who lives as an au pair in Paris for a year. Like many Americans, she wanted to experience the Parisian lifestyle and had learned how to make the city hers. While Paris, Paris attracts us with its beautiful landmarks and interesting monuments, many of us forget to experience the city. Learn how to immerse yourself and become a Parisian in this podcast. Welcome, Amy, to the Travel Talk podcast. Thank you for having me. Amy, how about you introduce yourself and you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Amy, 26 years old, Melissa's younger sister, in case she hasn't made that known. Um, I'm a twin, pretty important fact, a law student, currently in law school. And what country are you going to be talking about today? Uh, well, France, but more specifically Paris. The big difference. And what makes you a credible source on Paris? Well, to be honest, I think everyone who's gone to Paris is a credible source because like the experience of Paris belongs to everyone. Um, however, I did live there for a year as an au pair. I was a nanny to two French kids. Do you think that there's concepts that are very Parisian that maybe the travel guides miss or things that you got to experience after being there for a year that you think are more often than not overlooked? That's a good question. It's difficult because I don't really know travel guides. I honestly don't think I've ever looked at a city guide to Paris. Um, I would say I think that like in general travel guides this is a personal opinion, but I think they overemphasize destinations or landmarks. Whereas I think for me personally, I think if you go to Paris, um, the magic and pleasure of Paris is that feeling when you're just walking down this narrow street and there's this boulangerie on the corner and you just feel like the city's yours and it's special. And it's the same thing as it was hundred years ago, 500 years ago. Um, and I think it's really not hard to get. I think Paris is so accessible to so many people and it feels so special. So I think to get that feeling, you don't need to go to the Eiffel Tower. I honestly, I never went up the Eiffel Tower my whole year there. Um, I went to the Louvre once, but I honestly, I wouldn't even recommend it to anyone. I don't recommend the Louvre at all. I think there's so many better museums and there's so many of them in Paris that you can just go to and have a, have a day of it. Get like a coffee before, you know, just, and it's just so fun to just like experience that. And it's not really not hard. I would just say like, pick the neighborhood, pick the streets, pick like the type of feeling you want to have that day and don't pick it based off of like, oh, today we have to go to the Eiffel Tower. Today we have to go to the Louvre. Which neighborhoods would you pick? Well, when our family, when you and our parents and siblings visited me in Paris for Christmas, um, you guys got an Airbnb in the 8th arrondissement, the 8th neighborhood. And that was great because the 8th is like picture perfect has all the typical, the fromagerie, the boulangerie on the corner, has the Parisians walking with their black coats, so you get that feeling. And it's just beautiful, and you can you have easy access to, like, l'opéra, to the center of the city, the Seine, um, the Marais. But in general, I think if you're visiting, the center of the city is the best. So on, what is it, the right bank? It's, well, the, yeah, the right bank with the opera, um, the Marais, that's all great. 
Um, and then the left bank is like the, the Latin quarter. That's like where Hemingway and Fitzgerald and everything, all of those stories come from. And that's the, it's all in the center of the city, though. So I would say with like the inner circle, we call the arrondissements of Paris like a snail. It starts with the first arrondissement and it starts in the center of the city. And it snails out like a curly, curly cue. So once you get into the 16th and 15th, 17th, it's all in the outer circle. So I would say the inner circle of arrondissements. You can pretty much walk that whole thing. Not you don't even need metro for metro transportation for that, and so many special things are just packed in there. I think for especially a lot of us, we do want to see some of those iconic sites in Paris. You know, it's just they're hard to ignore. But how do you how do you fit that in with a schedule, for example? Like how how do you schedule that into the fact that you're trying to have this magical experience in Paris? Well, I mean, like, I, I'm. what sites are you talking about? I feel like when I have friends visit me, they're like, oh, well, we have to go to the Eiffel Tower. But, like, beyond that, does anyone really know these sites of Paris? No. I think people think of the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre, and that's it. And I think... So I would say that's kind of silly. Of course, you can make a day out of, like, getting a good sightseeing spot for the Eiffel Tower. But beyond that, I would say pick a neighborhood... Pick a few streets, look at a couple cafes or restaurants just to like mark your day and try and get a good walking tour of the city. I think I'm a believer in walking. I think it's the best activity ever and I think it's the best way to see a city. So I would say pick a neighborhood or coordinate um, a way in which you can see the things you want to see or the feelings you want to feel without overdoing. I'm a big believer in just like letting the city happen to you rather than trying to make it conform to your schedule. And so by letting the city happen to you, it's literally about walking and catching and seeing what meets you that day. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say being open to stuff, like seeing a cool cafe, just being willing to like stop and sit outside and get a coffee and just talk or sightsee and watch people. People watching in Paris is the best. Parisians are so good looking. Their style's awesome. Um, I think that's great. Um, and yeah, maybe, you know, you can revolve around, like you want to go to Montmartre, so you go up there, but then just be willing to just walk the roads, like go through little side streets. There's so many little corners in Paris that are so fun and you just run into so many things. I think after a year there, and I mean, I had a lot of free time, so I spent a lot of time just going to random neighborhoods, checking them out, walking a lot of streets, and there's still so much more to find. It's just shocking at how like yeah, you just find a random street and it feels like it's yours. It's so cool. And so, yeah, it's not hard to do. You just got to be open to it. What makes a street yours? Is it the routine of it? Oh, sure. That that could be part of it. Um, but I just think the sense of belonging personally, I don't know. Um, a friend of mine told me that all Parisian girls who are attracted to Paris are attracted to the same thing, which is like this over-romanticization of things, um, beautiful pastries, um, perfect sunsets, stuff like that. And I totally fit that stereotype. I don't know if other people do who are attracted to the ideal of Paris. But for me, like, just being so attracted to something so beautiful in the city of Paris, um, it's so beautiful. Like, the cliches are all real and they're all worth it. I think it's more the type of feeling where I'm walking down a street and I feel like I fit in with that cliche. I'm part of that stereotype. It's that perfect, like, clink of your shoes i'm sounding like over romantic right now but the way your shoes sound on the the street the way the like if you go out for drinks and you like stay out all night and you're coming home at 5 a.m you smell the croissant start baking in the boulangeries like this that feeling that like you're a part of the city like it's so easy to get that in paris and that's what like, i think my favorite part about it i loved your point about the cafes mm-hmm 
I feel like at least for me as like an American, I, anytime I go out to eat, I check Yelp, I check the reviews and that basically dictates where I go. And I imagine that must be really hard to do in Paris. Yeah, I'd say so. So what do you do? How do you avoid falling into a tourist trap versus finding something that's truly authentic? Yeah, this is difficult. Um, one, I would say there are tourist traps in Paris. Um, I would say even they're not that dangerous, though, because you can still have a nice Paris feeling in a tourist trap. So I'd say there are worse things than falling into one of those. Um, but beyond that, I think things like cafes, boulangeries, um, yeah, shops, there are just so many of them. And to be honest, I didn't really have a favorite cafe that I went to. I would go to different ones depending on what neighborhood I was going to or where I was meeting my friends for coffee. Um, and so many of them look the same. I mean, I, besides there's those cliched ones that, um, everyone pushes cafe au fleur. I don't know. Cafe fleur. There's just like in the, the left bank in the seventh district that every, um, like Kim Kardashian was spotted there. That's kind of over the top. And especially because I feel like every cafe captures that vibe, but without like 35 euro, sandwich behind it what the pomp behind it right i mean there's a lot of pomp in paris but i just think that that's just like celebrity and it's just so silly because i mean i'm like a gossipy girl i like celebrities but it's just that's not the point of paris like um so i would say just like it's not hard to find i think it's one of those things that you know just with experience if you just walk down a same if you find a cafe that you like just go there the next day like create a routine of it it's really fun um it's not hard to find them i wouldn't go to yelp i mean maybe if you have like close friends that just went to paris and they went to a, and stayed in the neighborhood and they stayed in your airbnb that you're going to be in and they know of a cute cafe around the corner to check it out but there's nothing like special that one cafe has in paris that no other cafe doesn't have there's just so many um beautiful moments that you could have in paris and i mean even like when my mother visited me and she was just so excited that she went in this Pierre Hermé macaroon shop and she was like they thought I was a, Pri a Parisian and she was I don't know if they did but she, that you know that made her feel really good and happy and that's what it's about and you know she like picked up cheeses and she was like I went to the best fromagerie and I was like you know like you're not I don't need to spoil her fun was it the best probably not like is there a best I don't know I don't think it really matters but so I think it's not hard to find um an experience that feels like genuine and real because most of it in Paris is genuine and real. You're right. There are a few tourist traps. Um, but you know, honestly, that's another reason why I think you should avoid things like the Eiffel tower. I think the tourist traps are around the Louvre Eiffel tower, maybe by Montmartre a little bit. Um, so yeah, maybe you just have to be a little careful, but yeah, again, if it happens, it's not the end of the world as well. I love that when you talk about what makes, um, a real experience is it always circulates around the food. You're talking about the fromagerie or the boulangerie or the pâtisserie. Mm -hmm. um, I know that when I visit places, I tend to follow a lot of the same eating habits that I have when I'm home. And I'm sure living with a family that really opened your eyes and perspective. Like how is it the, since the food is such a critical part of Paris, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you immerse yourself in a, in a more higher degree than maybe what you would if, if you were dictating your own schedule? That's a really good question, and that's really difficult because, I mean, I don't want to brag, but living with a French family, it, like, changed the way I eat, and I ch eat differently today. I really don't want to be a higher 
on my high horse here, but I think the French eat correctly. I think there's a right and wrong way of eating and I think they do it right. And I think it's kind of hard to create those habits, um, by yourself, just visiting. I think that's also one of the benefits of being an au pair living. I, I technically didn't live with the family. I was in, um, the little like servants quarters on the seventh floor of their apartment building, um, in this little like studio apartment. Um, and they lived on the fourth floor of the building. So I got to see them routinely, but it's not like I was surrounded by them, but I still definitely ate most of my meals with them. Um, and that's just such a special experience. I think maybe if you study abroad and you live with a host family, it's a similar experience. Um, just having someone like make you eat a certain way. I just think some, I, I think about food a lot with the French and I think they just do it so well, not because it's necessarily what they're eating, like this type of cheese or this type of bread, although that's important. I think it's more of like how you eat, which is really important. You don't snack, you don't eat when alone, you don't eat when you're not sitting at the table. Like there's just so many things that you do. Like the most common phrase being an au pair and living with a family when you have kids who are eating is a table, which means, you know, at the table or tu restes à table, which means you stay at the table. That's like the most common phrase when they're eating. Cause you know, kids are squirrely. They try running around, but like, it's a big deal that like you all stay around a table when you eat, even if like, it's just you and one other person or just you by yourself. It's just a process eating all the time, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, so yeah, I don't really know if that's something you can do just by yourself. I think you kind of have to be hit over the head with it by a French person who's telling you there's like a right or wrong way to it. Do you have any funny stories of, of getting that experience? I mean, it was super embarrassing in the beginning when I get there and I feel like a barbarian who doesn't know how to eat because I was raised by an American family who just like, it's lawless, no rules to eating. Like, I mean, our family's not barbaric, but I didn't know like how to properly eat with a fork and a knife. Can you get more specific? Uh, I remember one particularly traumatizing time is when we all went out to eat and they all get pizza and I got mussels and they give me like three different silverware and I didn't know what I was doing. I feel like that was most of my meal experiences was just like, this is the problem too. I wasn't even able to focus on the food because I was just like trying to not embarrass myself. Shame is a very powerful emotion. Um, yeah. And they also, they eat so fast. I've always been a fast eater, but they eat fast and they just like clear their plates. You don't leave food on the plate. They're good eaters. French is just so good. You leave full and you just like, it's yeah. Fabulous. Great. Highly recommend it. <laughs> French way of eating. I know we just went to visit you and, and you showed us a lot of Paris. If we were to come back again, what would be some of the key things you would show us? Um, yeah, that's, uh, a really good question because after you guys left, you, my family visited me in the winter and so I felt like I was doing a lot of the key and um, my parents had never been, my sister had never been, um, a lot of the key things that I loved, like the center of Paris and stuff. That spring and summer, I got really into going to the Canal Saint-Martin, which is more, I don't know what arrondissement that is, but it's more in the northeastern corner of Paris. Beautiful glimmery lights on the canals, really like hip places, but like in cool cafes but it doesn't feel overdone or contrived that was a really really great thing that I spent a lot of my spring and summer doing and I think it might still be a cool place to go um but certainly it's a seasonal thing too like if 
if I had friends visiting me in the summer or the spring, there's not much else you can do that's better besides sitting on the sand or the canals and drinking some wine that's like five euros. That's fantastic from this store. Um, but besides that in the winter, I mean, just some key museums. Like I'd really recommend uh, Musée d'Orsay. Um, it's a very famous one. I just think it's... Um, not talked about enough when compared and when compared to the Louvre I just think the Louvre is so overwhelming the lines are so long and I just believe when you travel all the way to a city like Paris you just really want to enjoy your time you want to feel really good there's so much beautiful art in that city and I'm like a museum girl so I loved all of them um L'Orangerie is a beautiful museum it's um was established by Monet basically because he wanted like a refuge from city life so he did these dramatic really long horizontal um waterly water lily portraits and he designed this museum around them so it's like this circular room of water lilies and now it's featured some other um, impressionist paintings but that's a smaller museum but again i think it's like digestible you go there if you can get in easily and then it's just a nice experience also i think whether winter, spring, summer, I think the parks in Paris are very beautiful. And again, I love walking tours of the city. So I think if you can go to, um, there's, I think Paris is one of the most cities with the most amount of parks in the world, but like Jardin Luxembourg, and that's near the seventh quarter. So that's a beautiful park. It's really well manicured. It's kind of like that stereotypical with like palm trees, bright pink florals. It's really kind of unnatural, but with statues, it's so stunningly beautiful. And that's great too, just because every time I go there, you see like young Parisian kids, like making out on a bench and, you know, like kids reading on la la, but it's just so Parisian. Also, they're so into PDA there, but it's just so Parisian. Um, but you know, that something like that. And like, that's a perfect example. You just make a day of it. Like you plan to go to the left bank, the seventh district, you go to Jardin Luxembourg, you go to all the old bookstores, there's record stores there. Um, you get the feeling of that's where the Sorbonne is and all the students there. And you get those old feel vibes of like Hemingway and all these old literary people. That's a perfect example of just like figuring out a neighborhood, just trying to see what are the beauties and there's gems in every neighborhood, just trying to make a day of that. So yeah, that's what I would just recommend. Again, just revisiting parks, museums, and just checking out things along the way. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of history in Paris. It's an old city, to say the least. And it's great that there's alternatives besides the mainstream things. Yeah, I would say so. And I think the history is so undervalued in Paris. Again, oh, see, the things are coming back to me already. It's been like four years since I've lived there. Um, but um, oh, Musée, oh, what is it? Not the Invalide, but it's... The War Museum, what district is that in? That's really close to the Eiffel Tower, I think, right? Yeah, Les Invalides. Um, I don't know if that's what the museum is actually called, but that's the it has World War II History Museum. So stunning. It's so beautiful. Like it, I left there with such a mood. Um, and that goes through a lot of history, but Parisians love their history. I think that's something that's really undervalued because I think people go to Paris for the pastries, for the beautiful architecture, but um, there's just so much history behind everything. The Arc de Triomphe, to think that like the Nazis just marched through straight into Paris that way um took over and the parisians still feel it and they're still very like proud you know as much as they hate americans sometimes on may 8th it's also my birthday but on may 8th it's a national holiday for them that commemorates the americans and freeing them from nazi rule they were just so um reflective and grateful of that they're just um really believe in history there and there's just so much it's just incredible like Every street has history, whether it's literary, um, political, 
Um, I mean, the entire city itself was built by Napoleon um, the Third when he just basically like ran down everything and had this dream of like this beautiful, ideal city, and that's what it turned into. But uh, everything has history in Paris. Yeah. So similar to what you said earlier about making the city yours or having the city come to you, the history will come to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, hopefully it's kind of inspiring because like it was definitely for me, I got there and then I ended up buying this huge history book, art history book, and uh, just to like try and understand all these paintings I was seeing. And then it inspired me. I was taking a history class there on um, French history. It went back through like, I don't know, all the kings and queens, but it's just, it's uh, hopefully I think travel at, a, at its best really inspires you to know more, understand more um, the place which you're visiting or living in. Yeah, it's a whole new perspective. Yeah, definitely. And you have to be open to that perspective. The French have a tendency for being snobby or whatever. I personally never experienced that. I always found them like super just proud, which I don't think is very unlike Americans. We're just really proud of um, our particular unique country and our history. And I think they're the exact same way. And I think if you're open to learning it, um, they're very generous with sharing it and sharing their culture and everything. So if you had any last words of wisdom for our listeners, what would it be about Paris? Uh, don't go up the Eiffel Tower. I, I'm hitting that over the head, but I just think it's so overrated. And there's views of the Eiffel Tower all over the city that are just better. Um, drink the wine, eat the cheese, enjoy yourself. Don't listen to anyone else. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amy. Thank you. Awesome. And um, hopefully we'll get to go back to Paris again. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> On verra. We'll see. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. And just a reminder, the Travel Talk podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please tune in to our next episode and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks.